Welcome to Mad Lit Musings, a podcast with Jamie Jill Wright, where we go deeper and ask the tough and dangerous questions. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Mad Lit Musings. I'm super excited to have you here today because I have an illustrious authoress um, who goes by the name of Misu Andrews, and she writes biblical fiction. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So glad to have you here. So first and foremost, you have a new book coming out this month in May, Potiphar's Wife, which has a sassy but beautiful heroine on the front. Although I've not often pictured Potiphar's wife as a heroine. So tell us a little bit about this book. You know, I learned a new term, new to me. I'm so behind in all of this stuff. Um, anti-hero. Ant- oh. Anti-hero. I'd never heard that term. I like I said, either. No, really? No. So uh, it's, it's a hero that is not really very nice. Oh. And that would sum her up, right? Yes. So think about all the TV shows and books and, but these days, right? A mm-hmm. hero that's, they're very flawed, but there's somebody that they kind of have an endearing quality or somebody that you pull for. There's somebody you feel sorry for, you relate to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of her. Um, or, well, we'll see if she yeah. is, you know? Mm, right. Yeah. But she's a bad girl in the Bible. For those of you maybe that haven't, don't know who I'm talking about. So we all know this Joseph guy in the Bible, right? He's that Joseph in the Technicolor dream coat and daddy's favorite and his brothers get really cranky about it and sell him to Egypt. And, and he's this handsome, real haughty guy, (laughs) slave to Potiphar pharaoh's bodyguard captain of the bodyguard and potiphar's got this wife that she you know jamie joe how do you picture potiphar's wife how have you pictured her all your born days okay i don't know you know there's the side of me that you know from all the little children's bible books you know yeah. that you read yeah. your child, she's kind of vicious and she's got her lip curled and she looks very right? you know like evil witch, like on a Disney show. Yeah. But then part of me has always pictured her as just very sultry and yes. seductive. So I have, you know, I'm probably completely off. All over the map. I don't, yeah, I didn't know either. So when I started researching this whole thing, um, I, I she kind of came from Crete, the Isle of Crete. Okay. So Greek. And she's maybe mid twenties or so, and a princess from there. They had an earthquake, yeah. So she comes to Egypt. Her dad wants to give her to Pharaoh in return for money to fix their island that's almost destroyed. Okay. And so that's kind of how the story starts. And so Pharaoh says, "Oh, well, got enough wives, thank you, but I'll give her here to my." captain and so she's like wait a minute I came to marry king and you're giving me you know to this old bachelor captain dude ew okay but that's kind of where we're at with her she's this beautiful princess married to this you know can't blame her for being a little bit enamored with joseph I mean well there it is let's be honest okay yeah (laughs) there that's where we're at and okay and she can't go back right she's She's stuck. 
And so this book is for anybody that's ever felt stuck mm. in a situation beyond your control in a situation you just can't get out of. Wow. And Joseph was her little bit of hope for happiness, her little bit of hope for pleasure, her little bit of hope for any way out of just day after day of doldrums and old men. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, now I feel bad for her. Right. That's the anti-hero. There we go. Yes. And she's so not good in so she's many ways. So but, you know, she's probably, I mean, if you think about it though, consistent with her culture. Exactly. You know, because it's not like the cultures back then had, you know, faithfulness rules. I mean, you even look at the Hebrews that intermixed with the different cultures and they would take more than one wife, which wasn't necessarily old Testament biblical, but culturally was not even really frowned on from what I understand. Here's the deal though. Egypt did frown on adultery. Oh, that. yeah. And divorce was not a big deal. So <laughs> Egypt, if you wanted to divorce, it was fine unless you had children. Now, if you oh. had children, divorce was not a good idea okay. because then it messed with inheritances. And so um, we don't see anywhere that they had children. So then you're like, well, why couldn't they get a divorce? And see that, that messed me up a little bit on the research. Sure. Because I'm like, okay, if they, if they didn't have children, why didn't he just divorce her? Well, how can you divorce a gift from Pharaoh? Right. Right. Oh yeah. And she couldn't, divorce him because she was there to secure money for Crete, right? So it was all political. Like there was political oh. ambitions underneath that influence. Yeah, yeah so for sure. They're there. There's there. She's, mm -hmm. stuck. she's stuck. Yeah. And so she's in it. And, and we have to, we have to consider that whole cultural thing of a slave is an object. Yeah. So is it really adultery? Well, Yes. It is. Yes. It is. It is. It is. I mean, there's really no ifs, ands, and buts. It is. However, like you said, a slave being an object, it's just so foreign to my brain. I can't picture a human being an object or something that belongs to me. However, mm -hmm. I can see where her brain would go, although I don't like it. Don't like it either. None of us like it. God certainly didn't like no. it. No. Potiphar didn't like it because scripture's clear. He was angry mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. it happened, but scripture's also clear. He did not kill Joseph. He put him in prison when he had every right to kill him. I wonder if he didn't completely believe his wife. I don't think he believed her at all. No, absolutely. I don't think he believed her. Now my so, but, Wow. I want to go in a time machine, Misu. Can you talk oh, about time machine? I so well, I tried to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll read do. the book. Hello. I do for sure. Yes. <laughs> and the other interesting thing to me is Potiphar did not treat him like an object either. Mm. 
because Potiphar, if, if, and, and, and well, the whole thing is so interesting to me because so we find out later Hebrews don't eat with Egyptians. So remember when Joseph gets to be the vizier right. and, you know, second in Egypt and all of yes. that, and we never hear of Potiphar and his wife again. Oh. So who knows what happened to them when Joseph gets out of prison and that's my sequel. So I just finished that sequel and oh. sent that rough draft in. And so we'll, we'll find out about Joseph and his wife, Asenath in the next book. But, um, so what the Hebrews, so the Egyptians wouldn't eat with the Hebrews. It says, you know, when his brothers come back and they have to eat separately and blah, 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 all that. Mm-hmm. So what is this with the Hebrews? Because the Hebrews are only Jacob's family, right? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, what other Hebrews are there? And why is it, what other Hebrews are there for them not to eat with? I don't know. Uh, Right? I don't know. That's a really interesting question. Yeah. So, there has to be for, for this term Hebrews to be there, they have to mean others from Jacob's camp. Yeah. Not just his family, but others. So who are these others from Jacob's camp? Well, they would have to be his servants and then Mm -hmm. servant families Mm -hmm. who also have come to Egypt. Right. 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 Okay. So that means there are others who have come to Egypt from Jacob's camp. Right. All righty then. So there's another who has come from Jacob's camp in Potiphar's wife. Mm-hmm. Get to meet her in Potiphar's wife. And her name is Ahira. Okay. And she's really, she's somebody who is a foil character. Okay um, to really to both Joseph and to Potiphar's wife. Okay. Uh Um, and she, so she reflects an opposite somehow to Potiphar's wife. Dichotomy of sure. Sure. And reflects an opposite in some ways Uh and at different points in the book to Joseph. Right. So, um, yeah, this whole idea of a Hebrew and how Egyptians, um, yeah, yeah, Yeah. respond to them is was really an interesting thought to me. It is, and you think about the kind of like the caste system, so to speak, Mm -hmm. within that culture, and I was thinking about as you were talking here just now, Potiphar's wife and the position that she was in, however, quote, powerful, unquote, it was in a sense, she was still a bargaining chip. Yeah. And in a sense, you know, was enslaved in a different sort of way, you know? Um, So I wonder if there was a little bit of understanding for Joseph, like uh, a kinship, like maybe she felt some sort of a kinship because Mm-hmm. They're both imprisoned or both in chains in a specific sort of way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm. See, now you got me thinking like I'm, ah. I'm going into my deep musings now. This is why I call it Madlet musings. Cause I start to muse. 
Ooh, I like it. And that's what I love because, you know, I don't write entertainment. Mm -hmm. I write edutainment. Yes. That's what we do. We like that. That's yes. like, good. Yes. We like, we like musings. Mm -hmm. So, okay, let's take a quick break. But when we come back, let's muse about this concept of being in chains, because I think there's probably some practical application to us in today's day and age. And mm -hmm. I'm, I can, I can tell that you, you've got some thoughts. So let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about that. Are you a writer wanting to go deeper in your writing and get to the heart of your story? Join Christie Award-winning author Jamie Jo Wright at MadLitMentoring.com, where she will take you on an intimate, fun, and exploration of going deeper, the layers of your story, the four corners of foundation, and more. Find out how to be mentored by Jamie Jo Wright at MadLitMentoring.com. All right, we are back here at Madlet Musings with Nisu Andrews, and we are talking about Potiphar's wife, who I'm sort of getting a little bit of a different perspective about now. Um, but we've been talking about being in chains and being enslaved and the different ways that that happens. How does that, when you think about your book, how does that apply to life today? Does it? Or is this just history? Oh my, no, I don't think it's history at all. I think, uh, well, yes, it's history, but it's, <laughs> it's also definitely life today. So the book starts out with this, um, with this sentence, a slave doesn't always wear chains, nor does a master possess all power. Mm. And I think that concept is what is how the book starts, but I think that comes definitely comes forward into our culture. Um, a master doesn't possess all power. So we, we look at, you know, we live in the mountains in the Appalachian mountains and it, we live in a, a tourist uh, trap actually, um, very much a tourist area. And we have these huge homes and CEOs of major companies come here and build their beautiful, beautiful homes. And I, you know, we, we see them up on the mountainside and I, I think, wow, I wonder what their life is like. Mm. Masters don't possess all power. Mm -mm. They have their own chains mm -hmm. and slaves have a freedom that masters will never know of. And I, I think so many times those who, those who deal with chains of one kind, look at someone who don't have that kind of chain and see their freedom in that and, and are totally blind to another type of chain. Mm -hmm. So Jamie Joe, I know you and I both uh, share chronic illness yes. as a type of chain. Yes. So I, I look at people who, you know, there are a lot of people in my world who they love to go hiking. They love to, you know, do lots of very physical things and activities. And, uh, they, they run, they, they bicycle, they, you know, and I just think, oh man, that would be so fun to be able to do blah, 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 blah. Right. Right. Um, you know what? I, I can't do that. That's a chain on me, uh -huh. but you know what? They can't, they can't write a book. 
So, right. Yeah. Right. What are, what are some of your chains? What do you see? Oh yeah. You know, I think sometimes I have the chain of anxiety. I mean, I'll just throw it out there, you know, and you get, you get debilitated, disabled with that. Mm -hmm. And that fear or that anxiety of what could happen, the what ifs, Mm -hmm. um, can turn you into kind of like a little puddle of not worthlessness, but you're not capable of doing or accomplishing because you're just kind of huddling there in fear. Um, I think one of mine is stress. Yeah. I stress about all the things that I have to do and it it paralyzes me Mm -hmm. and I don't do any of them. Sure. I think, oh, I just can't. And I'm just going to play cards right now. (laughs) You know, I think I'll just play solitaire for a minute, you know, (laughs) turns into 10 and then 15. And then that's minutes I could have been doing something. Right. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I think too, there's different kinds of chains too, as I look at culture and, um, you know, I feel like we're kind of traversing an interesting time in history where there's, there's all the be careful of saying this or doing that or doing this and that and they're like invisible chains where you you stop being almost I feel of course I'm midwestern but I feel almost sometimes that you're you cannot have a unique personality anymore Mm -hmm. because you have to be so cautious which I do believe there is a line of respect and tact and and cautiousness Um, I think culture right now just has so many different chains and so many different stipulations on what we can and cannot do, can and cannot say, should and shouldn't go, um, that it becomes a little bit of an enslavement of the mind and the heart, I guess. Yeah. Well, and, you know, we were talking before we started the recording about chains on, even on this book, Pot of First Mm -hmm. Wife. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to be very careful in how I presented her character because yeah, you know, in even in Christian fiction, mm-hmm. we have to walk a pretty fine line on, you know, how how do we phrase things? How do we put things? Mm-hmm. When do we close the door on a romantic scene? When do we? And you know, we're not. We don't want to make it saucy. We, you oh. know, we're not in the business of that. We we don't have that that desire to do that. But there are, there are different levels of, of reader interest. And so where do we draw that line? And that can become a chain mm-hmm. for, for us as authors, where we are so worried about what will our readers think Yeah, that, yeah. that we become chained and so, so nervous that all of a sudden the gift that the Lord's given us to write becomes more burden mm-hmm. than, than, than gift. Right. Um, and I, you know, we have friends that, um, have stopped writing because of that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a real thing in our culture and in our, our writing world. And it's something that we deal with day in and day out. Yes. So, so how do we, I don't want to say break free from the change because sometimes I think chains are necessary to our growth um, yes. and the Lord allows those. Uh, Obviously. 
so that we can grow and stretch and learn. But how do we find freedom within our bondage, so to speak, even if we can't escape the actual bondage? You know, you look at Joseph, you look at Potiphar's wife. Um, What are some ways that we can find peace in the midst of it? You know, I think, I think that's the reason Potiphar's wife's story is in scripture. And I think that's part of the reason I wanted to write that is because mm-hmm. we do meet the Lord in the bondage, yeah. in the captivity. We, you know, one of the things that I hope is a takeaway from, from this story is Zully as her full name is Zuleika or Zulika or Zuleika. I don't know how you pronounce it. So <laughs> Zully in the story, we that get worked. to name those, you know, um, she in the midst of feeling chained, even though she was the master, um, she focused on the chains. Mm-hmm. She focused on that one thing she couldn't have. Mm. And because of that, it was just, she just tumbled downhill toward destruction. And Joseph, he focused on the one thing that he did have, and that was his God. And I think that becomes the lesson for us. I think that becomes the reason that Potiphar's wife is in scripture. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, the reason that I love to write about these women who kind of orbit, or you know, these right once mentioned women who right. orbit around these biblical heroes, and I love to write their stories because why are they even mentioned in Scripture? They're right. mentioned for a reason. God put them there for a reason, That's whether He gives them a name or not. They're uh-huh. there for a reason, uh-huh. and and so I feel like yeah, all of us have these chains. So let's not focus on them and get ourselves in a world of trouble like Potiphar's wife did. Let's do as Joseph did and focus on right. the one and not on the chains. Right. So yeah, that's that's what I hope the lesson is. That's what I hope we can focus on. I like that. I like the concept of focusing on what the Lord can teach us in the spots that we're at and, and really finding the positive in the negatives, because I don't think, you know, I, I mentioned this often probably because it's part of my life right now, but my mom passed away last year. And one of the things that was so impactful about her passing was that she was so excited to be free. Yes. Yes. And she was so excited to finally go to the place of eternity where you reach that ultimate hope of there's no more chains, you know, yes. there's no more searching and seeking and trying and, and, uh, you right. know, begging the Lord for the strength to get through. And there was such peace in her passing that she didn't fight. In fact, she went within a week of us finding she was terminal. Yeah. Um, but I firmly believe she went as fast as she did because she was so excited. Oh. Yeah. And for my grand, for my grandkids, for my kids to see their grandmother with that type of excitement set such a, um, a hope for them in her passing that it wasn't a depressing dark. And I, and again, I think that goes back to the concept of chains. You know, we look at the chains of death and, yeah. oh my goodness, it's just despair. And years later, we're still at the cemeteries, you know, grieving and, and mourning the loss and I, I don't want to discount that at all, but there's such hope yeah. in the perspective. Right. 
right. being freed from those chains. Yes. Yes. Death is not the end. It is a beginning. Mm-hmm. It is the beginning. Um, and actually that's not even true. If, if we're believers, our eternal life has started. True. Um, death, yeah. death is not the beginning. It's only the door mm-hmm. um, to the next, you know? Right. And right. so, um, yeah, I, it's, I, I just, I love the perspective that Potiphar's wife mm-hmm. gives us it, it, she gave us the choice. Yeah. She shows us that there is a choice that, that we've all got the chains Yeah, and, and that she gave us the choice, you know, here, here's, here's what she shows to, to focus on. And here's what Joseph chose to focus on. That, that's what I feel like her story shows us. I love that. So if readers want to find out more about Potiphar's wife, more about Misu Andrews and um, explore this um, story more, where can they find you? How do we find you? They can find me at my website is the easiest place. And then they can go from there and find me all sorts of places. So my website is easy. It's just misuandrews.com and my name. Oh my goodness. Who in the world would ever know how to spell that? It's M-E-S-U, just like it sounds, me, Sue Andrews. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm sure that we will have a lot of readers checking into you and to your book. And I know I'm looking forward to reading Potiphar's Wife. And I'm excited to hear that there's already a sequel coming out. Yes, in the works. And that one's going to be about Asenath. So, and that's Joseph's wife, which I'm really curious about because these are the little unsung heroes behind the heroes, right? writing about these women i love it i love it well thank you so much misu for being on the show today and being a part of the podcast and we look forward to chatting more in the future yes yes i love you sweetie thank you thank you (laughs) well you have a wonderful day all right you too thanks Thank you for listening to Madlit Musings. You can find out more information about Madlit and all that it has to offer at madlitmentoring.com. That's madlitmentoring.com. Or check out more about Jamie Jo Wright at jamiewrightbooks.com.